0: this week to the seventh episode of the podcast of us the last of us after show from the front row network in npr of illinois i'm joel dewitt temporary host from super
1: gg radio with me today is al tarona how does it boss hey what's going on joel i'm doing pretty good pretty good thank you for taking the reins on this podcast this week
0: yeah i'll do my best to keep it steady also with me is big brother of the podcast phil how you doing hey i'm doing all right how you guys doing
2: it's uh March first, and beware the Ides of March.
0: I, I saw a little glimmer of sunlight today, so uh, it, it brought a bit of hope. You know, you know, see the sun coming out sometime, you know, before seven o'clock in the morning. So, yeah, Don't not... get
2: your hopes up. Friday, Friday's not going to be good. I know about snow.
0: I'm, I'm bracing. <laughs> I'm bracing for it. <laughs> what are we on fourth winter? Uh, well, yeah. yeah, something like that. Um, but we're not here to talk to weather. We're here to talk about the last of us. HBO's the last of us. We are on episode seven, and that is called Left Behind. Left Behind. Left Behind. So this week, actually, first of all, maybe just quick impressions. Uh, Phil, how did you feel about today's episode?
2: Uh, it was actually pretty good. and it was it was interesting that they decided to insert this part of the story at this juncture, because from what I understand, and I played the game, The Last of Us, but I did not play the DLC portion. And from what I understand, this flashback that occurs within this game is basically what happens in the DLC, the story that's told in the DLC. So in this point where we're at, where Joel is gravely injured, um, we see uh, Ellie trying to... Uh, fix joel and we have this flashback and, and like i said it was interesting that they put it here but it made sense it gives you uh a more uh insight into ellie's character and what drives her and why she is the way she is and i think it was um a good place to insert that part of the story so i think it was done really well
0: and i do also think it so far the show has done a really good job <laughs> Of giving you good bits of story progression and then having these sort of small deviations, almost side stories to the main story of Joel and Ellie and they're usually something that's either a little more heartfelt, maybe a little lighter and that's sort of how I perceived it this week, I'm not sure about you Alex
1: I've, I feel like they yeah, they really did give that little bits of story and, get, and just give a little bit more depth to these characters, but at the other part of it is that as somebody who knows like who's played the games and kind of done done it a couple times at this point what is more interesting to me is this section of game comes at a very very intense moment of action and drama and then gives you another false sense of security before even more intense action and drama so to put uh, the DLC which is a, a, a phenomenal story, a really well done sto- uh, character piece in between these these sections of uh, you know drama and high high intensity emotion. It actually is for me just this this it's just like oh I know this is about to get real juicy <laughs> and they're like wait not yet here is a really emotional and impactful character piece and I'm like oh you this is a master class of really kind of teasing me but also making me feel like even closer to these characters. So it's, it's also like, it's also the appetizer. That's only intense, intensifying my want for the next step, the next steps in the story and the next steps in the, for these characters. Absolutely.
0: And, and it's been a minute since the three of us had been on a show here for the podcast of us. And it's worth noting where we leave off from the start of this episode of from last episode, was that Joel and Ellie were escaping the hospital. They were, or the university, and they were trying to escape, and they got attacked by whether they were bandits or random marauders or whatever. Raiders, and, yeah. And he got stabbed in the gut, right? Yep. Okay, yeah. And so Ellie rescues him, they flee, and the, she finds herself leading him to it's like a dilapidated cabin out in the wilderness, in the snow and cold. And she is going in, dragging him in, trying to help him. He's trying to get her to say, go, you know, leave me, save yourself. And that leads into sort of this flashback of what the meat of the story will be this week, which is that Ellie's back in the QZ life. It's almost like a military boot camp style thing or a recruitment office style thing. Uh, very militaristic almost like she is being set up as the next generation of the, uh, what is the police force called here?
1: Fedra, Fedra, the
0: Fedra, Fedra, right. Yep.
1: Right. And of course she's in there for fighting. She's in there for kind of being this angsty ordinary teen who just, who just wants to enjoy life and not be part of this, uh, what feels like a military complex. So one fun
0: detail, uh, from this episode is that at the start, it is Ellie running around in a gym with everybody else, students, and she's wearing a Walkman. And I'm not sure, I, I did not get around to the uh, actual DLC of the game, but I found that to be like a fun detail. You think like, well, CDs must have existed before then, right? But maybe the analog stuff lasts longer? I don't know.
1: I feel like that's, that's part of it as well. There is that 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 CDs would go bad over time, if I remember correctly, that they do have an issue. And also, of course, damage, just damage. But let me tell you, a cassette can go through a lot and still keep on kicking. (laughs) I Uh,
2: personally think it has a lot to do with Ellie's fascination with the 80s. If you think about the whole, uh, I don't want to break too far into the episode, but uh, the whole feel of like the 80s and 90s uh, seems to be like kind of a big culture thing for her, like a fascination. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it would make sense that she would have this Walkman that's, you know, playing cassette tapes and she would love it or adore it more than, you know, anything that's current just because it has such a novelty to it. And it's rare.
0: Yeah, And it's also worth reminding ourselves that we're talking about post-apocalyptic, like maybe, maybe that Walkman was just a prized treasure that you couldn't find anywhere else or very limited supply. Right. So, uh, but that, that also begs the question, like in a school, (laughs) how how did you get that but i also I,
1: and i want to i want to say that she does just generally have a fascination with the past and the way the before time there's mm-hmm. a lot of conversation with her asking you know what was it like then what was it like this did you guys really do this there's a lot of uh questions there for her and i think that yeah like you said there is a fascination with the past with her
0: yeah yep so more or less, what you're finding out is that she's not acclimating to the life well. Uh, she has a sergeant that she has to meet with, and he basically lays out that you got one of two paths. Either you fly right here and you can get an officer job. You know, it's, it's not perfect, but you'll be comfortable, well-fed, etc. Or you could go out there and, and see what the world has to offer for you. And one thing that happens that evening after she tells the officer, sure, is that her friend... Riley, who had been AWOL, came and visited her and wanted to goad her into getting out of the, out of the barracks, so to speak. Sneaking out. Right, right. Yeah. And I, I found that they've got a great relationship built in already with their acting. Both these actors did a great job of seeming like they were good friends. And I, I was impressed with that. Phil, how did you uh, see this play out?
2: uh so when when they we were first introduced uh, to riley of course i'm thinking again i haven't played the dlc so i'm like okay so this must be um <clears throat> the person she's going to be spending the time with uh in this part of the adventure and at first you know she's her, she thought her friend was dead so she was mourning her she was very um you know upset that she was gone because, you know, like, where did she go? She went AWOL and she didn't come back. She's probably dead. But she shows up and, you know, she's very happy to see her friend. And and she said, well, uh, I'm a Firefly. And she's like, what? Hold on. We've been trained to kill Fireflies and now you're out there. And, you know, the reaction, the back and forth between the two was... Very well done. It was very dynamic. And, you know, it was believable. You could tell that, you know, putting these characters put in this situation would have such a natural reaction. So, uh, So the exchange between the two seemed very natural.
0: But both these actors have done a great job of showing complex emotions because you can tell the caring for each other, but also Ellie feeling that kind of like uneasy feeling of betrayal. Through it, right? Uh, it's sort of her worldview being shattered a little bit by her friend deciding to more or less shack up with what they perceive as, as the enemy. Uh, but in spite of that, Riley's able to convince her to come out. You know, spend the few hours you've got available before sun comes out for a secret adventure, and and Ellie reluctantly agrees after disp- you know protesting <laughs> incessantly to her. Uh, And then we find ourselves at a kind of, you know, still existing mall, like not completely broken into and and destroyed. And I don't know about you guys, but the the scene, there's a scene where they go there and then Riley goes and flips the lights and everything comes on and and bright neon music starts playing up. Uh, It felt like a really nice, bright Bit of scenery in a, in a very dark and grim show.
2: Now, I will say that when she flipped on the lights, and you see this, the the imagery of what was once a bustling uh, place of commerce now kind of a half abandoned. Well, I mean, well, it's definitely abandoned. But you see that you know the the lights are there, a lot of the fixtures are still there, but the people aren't, and it just has this kind of. You know, it's hard to say, but it's just sense of abandonment in that area. And it's a lot like some of the outdoor malls now.
1: <laughs> <that are laughs> there's there's that, no that. question that the outdoor malls nowadays, that scene is really dying. And it's, it's a, it also it, 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 I could see that comparison here. Uh, for me, it kind of talked me back to what like that excitement of what a mall used to be when we were kids, when we used mm-hmm. to go and loiter. We just go sit and walk around from store to store, go to the Sam Goody, go to the F.Y.E., F-Y-E. go li- like, look at all the CDs that we really couldn't afford, and then go to the arcade and then just hang out with our friends and be, be no good nicks or just get the shenanigans. And that's, that's for a second what I got is I got that, that really nostalgic feel of just like, wow, yeah, this used to be the thing to do. But that, yeah. that's
0: also a good point. It really was almost like a time capsule. Like everything within that mall was frozen in a specific time, which I mean, made sense in the concepts of a show. But uh, to see that kind of created as a relic and, and maintained in that way is kind of fascinating. They even have these funny moments in the show where they are walking up to like a Victoria's Secret and, and they're looking through the window at the lingerie and, and the way the uh, models are positioned and be like, why would they want to wear that? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh there was a lot of other fun little nods or, or cues from from mall life like uh like gosh uh they find an arcade <laughs> so yep. it, it, that that was a very cool moment I, I don't know about you guys but i saw a tetris mm-hmm. machine what what else was there
1: uh there was the uh, the I, classic uh mortal combat 2 of course which is yeah. uh, that's where they end up playing but there was the was...
2: uh Daytona, uh, was it, uh, Daytona racing? Yep. Uh, they had, uh, there was a final fight arcade in the background. Um, I thought I saw a frogger possibly. Um, uh, but yeah, it's I was, I, I figured they were going to come up on a mortal combat since it was brought up in discussion previously.
1: Mm-hmm. I will, yeah. I will also throw out that there was a key moment here as a, like with what, a, in a, in a, episode that feels like there is a like a level of growing and i mean that in like a a teenagehood you do see ellie look in the mirror and kind of like look in that victoria's secret Mm -hmm. the the window and kind of try to size herself up as like what it would be like to kind of like what she feels like is quote unquote be an adult right
0: yeah It's, it's kind of like the car in the other episode like this is completely foreign to her the idea that this kind of environment this life existed <laughs> before what yeah. she knew
2: but well, she was f- she was flabbergasted by the merry-go-round
0: yeah you know, right and, and, uh so, the, the so. escalators were a miracle to her and, and yep. there's this fun scene where uh she's you know walking up the the escalator and doofing off and almost trips over and then like as she goes down she does the sort of laying across the side of the the arms as she goes down that she continues to do that like childlike joy, very well, throughout the show.
1: Which also, this stands to stands to me as uh, it doesn't matter the time frame—the '90s, the 2000s, 2010s, 2020s—teenagers are teenagers. You're always gonna get on the escalator and you're gonna goof around. I have a personal uh, story about escalators where I sat down on the steps and sat there, thinking I was very cool, just sitting on the steps. And uh, the top of the steps, where the steps go into the floor, uh, they are very sharp blades. Yeah, they went <laughs> through my pants, and nice they, work. they bit me in the butt. I was just say you're lucky it was just the pants. <laughs> no, 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 it got it got a little bit of my butt. I'm, not, uh. I'm just saying. <laughs> so it wasn't bad, but it was a little bit like ah, oh no, and then I look, I'm like oh, this, this, that, that 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 bit me. It definitely bit me. So. Respect the escalators, kids. Respect
0: the escalators.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they...
0: Don't <back> to escalators. <laughs> yeah. I, I think...
1: Uh, this is what derails us, is escalators.
0: No. Well, there are worse things. But I, something about that moment in the arcade, uh, us being video game nerds aside, uh, it goes back to, like, they got that cool scene where... Uh, Ellie's asking about how the hell they're going to have money to play, and she's already, like, broken open the, the coin machine. The quarter
2: machine. And just yep. poured
0: it all into a bucket, and it's kind of like that, uh, you know, child fantasy, like when you were at the arcade. Oh, man, I, I've got a dollar to spend here. Wouldn't it be awesome if I just had unlimited coins?
1: Which is definitely the way arcades have gone now.
0: Yeah. It, well, it's, yeah. it's less fun when you say it like that.
1: I mean, all of those games when they're meant to eat quarters and you could just hit that start button a thousand times and be like, well, this game is just now meaningless. (laughs) Before it was like you're losing and man, I'm losing a dollar every time or something like that, you know. Yeah, they're Mm -hmm. still fun to play
2: if you have the right people with you.
1: Yeah.
0: But uh, we, we have this really sweet moment where they decide to play Mortal Kombat 2. Elias challenged to play Mortal Kombat 2. And within a span of three to five minutes of story they go from the typical like this is my first time playing a game button mashing what does the stick do kind of fighting and and riley had been there already so she had a head start and it was sort of wailing on her at the start and this is very good like almost big sibling little sibling dynamic for a few minutes and, and then it escalates into ellie like figuring it out and and then becoming equals and, and sort of the fun of going match to match on, on that. And it's again, it's a very tender moment you can actually see like, there's almost a little bit of a a more than friend tension between them. At least that's what I saw.
1: Oh, I I love those. I, I love that because I remember feeling that way. I definitely remember that as a kid, that, that nervousness, knowing that you, you like somebody, but you're not sure. Like, do I like them? Do they like me? You know, the phrase yes. like, like, you know, do they like me like me? You know, that, all of that, that it, when it like that's, I have a really tough time with movies that are like very embarrassing because I feel embarrassed for those, but seeing teen, teen dramas like this, all of a sudden I get put in that moment and I'm like, oh man, that's the best. That's the best. You hate it when you're a kid, but because of the uncertainty, but man, I, that's the best now for me. I'm like, oh man, that was cool.
2: But that moment of, that moment of, uh, of, uh emotional uh intenseness came right after she taught her how to do a, f- a fatality with baraka <laughs> just she's like here this is how you kill me <laughs> and they do the fatality and she gives her this look like man i'm in love with you you know that was the look that ellie gave gave riley at like for a minute they stare at each other and ellie's like you see that look like she wanted to kiss her and, and then Riley's like, okay, so uh, let's move on.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like,
2: geez, it was that moment of, I don't know what to do here. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and you can almost tell that Ellie kind of looks up to her in some ways. There, there's sort of a sense of admiration from her to, to Riley. And I mean, it, it shows in that she was willing to even go along with Riley in, in all this, the, the kind of close friendship they've got.
2: Uh, Oh, that was the kind of thing that that would state at the beginning of the episode when Ellie got her Walkman took in from that other girl. And, um, you know, she said, you're not you don't fight. Your friend does, you know. So it it seems apparently that Riley was always the one sticking up for her mm -hmm. and keeping her out of trouble.
0: Yep. Yep. But, uh, you know, the the fun has to stop there. They have to keep going towards their. Uh. Next Wonders, and one that they run across is they, they get to a taco stand, and they go behind the taco stand, and I believe they start showing where Riley's sort of been staying at, at that point, if I'm not Also, saying.
1: I know that tacos are a wonder of the world. <laughs>
0: I mean, if I'm, if I'm going to go to a mall food court, tacos is not the top three. I don't think it hits number one, though.
1: Oh no, that's uh, Sbarro's.
2: Sbarro. Sbarro was usually was usually my favorite. Mm-hmm,
0: yeah, yeah, you just yeah, <laughs> Did that that huge slice of uh, you know thin crust, floppy make believe New York pizza. But yep. yeah, I will I will say that though know,
1: throughout the whole episode, you definitely, along with the will they won't they that that teen nervousness, there's always though the elephant in the room, which is that Ellie has really uh, she's in her situation she doesn't have a whole lot of options besides hey fedra is doing good things because i don't know how how to function outside of uh a dynamic that's that's not this i'm i you know what's the right thing to do and what's Mm -hmm. the moral the moral high ground outside of like oh things are black and white and it's like well no the world's kind of gray and you learn that as you get a little older that the world is a lot of gray but she doesn't know that yet. So her thought process as of right now is like, well, the Fedra do the good thing and the fireflies do the bad thing. So throughout this, these kind of talks and conversations, you do get that, that elephant in the room. That's always kind of between them.
0: Yeah. And it's revealed in this case where Ellie saw along the wall on a shelf, some, I think they're like pipe bombs almost Yep, uh, sitting there. And that sort of spurs the conversation of like, what are you planning on doing with these? You know, and she made a point of saying like, well, I wouldn't do this to you. <laughs> and, and uh, Ellie rightly made the point, I think of saying like, what, what control would you have? Cause you've agreed to be a part of this organization that is out to get us. And, and how would you guys discriminate or how would you keep them from telling you to do it? And it's, it's a great kind of tension moment, but that, creates that sort of fight moment where they separate and I don't know about you guys, but I, I found that uh, they did such a good job with that and then the reconciliation and then before that a little bit they do sort of tease that there is an infected in there. Because part of the warning that Ellie had was that I've been told they're infected there and she clearly was told you know, otherwise and and shown that, but the had it like, what, felt like a split second moment where they showed an infected sort of stuck to the wall and, and slowly yeah, trying to peel up. itself off. So you, you have that sort of precursor early on that leads up to what actually happens. Because Ellie feels bad about leaving. Because she found out in a turn, and I hate that we skipped this, but like she was being told that this was her last night. It wasn't a fun surprise, it was a. Way to wrap a sad goodbye into something fun, you know, sort of a little bit of sugar, helping the medicine go down type stuff.
1: Yeah, and it's it's you know it it's bittersweet, but at the at the same time, it's still like in her last in her last it's not last moments as if she's going to die, but which again you know we'll talk about that. But it's it's more about the fact that in her day before she has to go away, the one person she wants to spend that time with is Ellie. Yep. Yep. And, and I don't know about you, Phil, but to me like
0: the, the reaction seemed genuine, uh, that kind of harsh pain and, and Ellie going away and then having a moment and realizing she didn't want it to leave on that terms and going back. That That sounds familiar, right? <laughs>
2: Yeah. It's like, you know, she's storming off and then she's like, okay, uh, this, this is the girl that I, obviously she cares about very much. And, um, you know, after she stormed off and yelled at her, she's like, I can't, I can't leave it like this. So, you know, she has that second thought and she turns around and says, okay, we're going to talk this out. And then, you know, she hears the, the screaming or yelling of something And she goes running back to to help her friend because she didn't know what was going on. And she stumbles upon the quote unquote fifth wonder of them (laughs) all.
0: Which is a a pop-up horror uh, Halloween shop decoration that she ran into. And this is also where they sort of reconcile uh, Ellie gets back the joke book that was gifted to her earlier on. Uh, where, so we now know where the origin of that uh, pun joke book is from, which is a nice touch. And then they get into a, like a dance party almost, right? A Halloween dance party.
1: Those are the best dance parties. Yep. So I hear,
0: yeah. <laughs> We've had quite a few, Joel. Um, mm. Also,
1: I do want to say that this, this does give a little bit of the, it's consistent with Ellie's character uh, from what we know with Joel, that she doesn't leave her friends. These don't, you don't leave your friends like that. And I think that that, that that this shows that character as well. Um, so twofold, you're seeing it twice with, with her. And I think that's really cool.
0: Yeah. And and they, they've have this sort of lighthearted moment. Things sort of tamp back down. And, uh, shortly after we end up having the, the bad moment, which is the infected founder, uh, a, uh, altercation ensues. It's very frantic, uh, first of all ellie you know gets knocked over by the infected and gets on top of him and and like clawing very violently i was i was very surprised at uh how close up personal that got but i i guess uh how did you guys feel about that scene phil uh, what what are your thoughts about how things went down
2: so of course you know the infected just kind of shows up after knocking some things down and um you know, this is the time that Riley gets to brandish her weapon, uh, to no avail. <laughs> and, you know, of course the creature comes in flailing and, you know, this is not just a, you know, a normal infected. I was, oh, I almost said Walker, <laughs> but, um, you and the walking dead, your, man. Uh, I mean, you know, there's the walking dead. There's, you know, last of us left for dead. It, they all, they all tend to run together eventually, but anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah so you know of course uh this creature barrels over uh riley and now riley's unconscious and of course that leaves ellie on her own and you know this just, it was a very vicious and violent attack and ellie's got to whip out that blade the one she almost used on riley earlier mm-hmm. and just started stabbing and finally got him in the head oh no she was she was stabbing but oh, to no avail. And then Riley comes in and holds it off, helps her out. Yeah. yeah, smacks it with. Well, I don't know if it was it a bat or something, something like a pipe or something. Mm-hmm. And and then you know the fight ensues until until um, Ellie puts the uh, puts the end of the fight with a, a light knife
0: blade to the head. Oh, surgical precision. Yeah, very impressive stuff. It, all that
2: it was a pretty vicious
0: fight. <laughs> And Ellie has this moment of elation because in the adrenaline and realizing like, oh yeah, we killed this monster, we won. And then she looks and sees like, the bite, but Did you realizes what mm-hmm. happens, and has a, a very, very believable quick breakdown <laughs> about witnessing this. I mean, I don't know, what kind of horror do you think you'd feel if you'd realize that you now had maybe... 12 hours before you're gonna turn into a monster right
2: Uh, yeah it would have been a very long and slow expletive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Ah!
1: yeah 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 scream to the heavens you curse you curse the heavens
0: yeah uh but shortly after riley uh shows the same thing she's in the same kind of trouble that ellie is perceived to be in and they have this really heartbreaking moment where they're both sitting on the floor and lean against this display case and almost sort of sobbing and and holding each other. And then they Riley decides there's a few options, right? Phil, what are those options?
2: Uh, Either they end it now or they spend their time together and, you know, kind of make the most of it before they turn. And then I didn't quite understand the third option. That one, I was like, I rewatched it. I'm like, what does she mean? Oh, she said, keep on going,
0: right? Keep on going. Something to the effect of that. And
2: so, so that probably would have meant kept keep on going. They went to the fireflies, which is how Ellie ended up in their possession. That's what I imagined then.
0: That that was probably certainly part of it. I, I think probably the way I perceived it was that in Riley's case, it was almost keep going as if it didn't happen because you can't deal with the thought (laughs) of Of what that might be, but that might be a little bit more than that's actually in it I'm not sure
2: but yeah i w- I would just like keep on going I'm like isn't that like option two but,
1: <laughs> but there's always like a denial version there's always a denial mm-hmm. to of the fact that oh maybe I'll be different which actually ends up working out but in 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 some cases there is a lot of the the denial like no just keep going it'll be fine it'll be fine it'll be fine and also I to am wonder the, that, like I'm the exception, not the rule. <laughs> you well, know, I mean,
0: what do you do? If, if you're going to decide to ride with it, unless you're going to do what Tess did and, and sort of try to, you know, be the heroic uh, sacrifice, you know, you, you got to either end it or I guess pretend like it didn't happen. I don't know.
1: Yeah, but it's got to be hard in a pinch to be a hero. Like, you have to go, okay, I need to find somebody quick who is... to die or i need a bunch of people somebody find me a dire situation i'm going out a hero
2: all right i think the biggest the biggest source of uh uh, you know of sorrow here for them is the fact that they just discovered their true feelings for each other and now it can never be because they're both well in their minds they're both gonna die and it's all over for them before they ever had a chance to truly experience what could
1: have been it's a tragedy for sure it is the real tragedy in all of this yeah
2: and i think in their minds that that's pretty much where they're at in their heads is wait wait, wait this is unfair we we just we just discovered this and now it's getting taken away from us
0: it, it is sort of kind of that Ro, romeo and juliet kind of premise but it's almost like a, a twist of the knife worse just because one of them didn't die <laughs> and has yeah. to go on living mm-hmm. right so yeah. uh, a, a very bleak twist of that kind of story for a very bleak TV show.
1: It does contextualize a little bit, though, the of the uh, eventual meeting of Ellie with Joel in the fact that they kind of were, you know, the, your cargo, your cargo. And in, in the situation where you have a morning Joel over Tess, you you what you don't realize is that you have a morning Ellie. Mm hmm
0: right yeah because within joel's story why would he even think about it right you're just a job
1: (laughs) yeah and it does also you know she she had when they had uh when they were driving and then they got attacked by the the town there was a conversation where joel said you shouldn't have to do this and she goes i have done this before
0: Mm -hmm. right right yeah it's it, it is funny. Joel has these sort of sensibilities from the before time that just don't translate <laughs> to what their current reality is, for sure. Yep. Times change. So, all that said, our end cap of this episode is going back to the present day, showing kind of Ellie having almost like all this memory kind of flashed before her eyes and now we're back. And she is searching and finds the tool she needs, which in this case was, I think was a needle and thread. Mm -hmm. So she could then go stitch up Joel and and we end the, the show with Ellie down with Joel, uh, slow starting to stitch. You, you did a pretty in pain suffering Joel. And, uh, I think an Ellie that, uh, was timid, but then got very self sufficient and, and she, empowered.
2: She got over it pretty quickly. Right.
0: You, you you saw like one or two stitches, and she went from fear to like, okay, let's get this done. And so, uh, once again, they do a great job of showing Ellie as a as a, a powerful,
1: self reliant person through the story. I think at, wasn't I wasn't th- going
2: to lose another one.
1: I think at a certain point there is that determination. I am not going to be alone again. Yeah, right. right. And
2: in, she wasn't gonna stand by and watch it happen
1: again. There was nothing she could do then, but there's something she could do now, and now is the time to do right. it. And that's that's what's important. It is that, it is a character growth, but also, it is at least showing why she would be. And, and, and it's it's so easy to just show that she's determined, and then say, yeah, she got a determination that didn't wasn't there before, but to cut away into this, this backstory, these these memories, and. You know, give give these explanations of, you know, her first love and this experience that she's had before it really kind of amps up. It, it upgrades everything that's happened before and after. And I think that the show has been taking what the game has done and been upgrading it slowly. And what I think Great. this
0: episode did really well is that using that left behind story within this slice really helps accentuate how much of a bond that Ellie and Joel have developed over that time in that this would remind her of probably one of her most painful moments <laughs> and it being the inflection point where she he she decides, like, not again, right? Mm. So, any yeah. final thoughts on this week's episode?
2: Just like the previous uh, couple of episodes or like, you know, the previous... Um Kind of a flashback insert character building arc here. Uh, very impactful. Uh, very, very well done. It adds to the backstory of the characters. Uh, it adds more to the world. It's world building. And it's something that, you know, could have, the, could have they, could, excuse me, could they have done without it? Sure, but it wouldn't have been better off without it.
0: Right. I think they've made some really smart choices with how they paced out these episodes.
1: What about you, Alex? I'm just so re- like, again, I, I, I'm loving this. Sh- I'm loving this experience with this show. I'm savoring every, but at the same it's, it's, it's also a really delicious meal that I'm like, wait, uh, give me the next one. Give me the next one. Cause I know what's, I, I know what to expect. and it, And when they do it, I've, i I even with Left Behind in this episode, I knew what to expect, and I still was just like just as delighted if I it was my first time. And that's kind of where I'm at is that I'm just like, oh, I know what's happening, and it's gonna be amazing. you know <laughs> And you know I, I I am one to be kind of harsher on on a lot of these video game adaptations. I, you know, it's, it's been documented in our podcast that I uh, do not have a love for that Sonic movie franchise, but in this case, I'm, You're out of your mind. Yeah, I, I, I can't go along I, that ride with you. <laughs> that's fine. That's that's why I said it's me specifically. I get it. Uh, but in this case, I'm just so enamored with with seeing this. And and even there was a, a initially when the casting choices were made, I did not think this character was Ellie. But this is this is definitely all Ellie all the time. And I'm I, I I'm waiting. I'm excited
0: for more. She is for my money. She is the standout actor of this show. I mean, Pedro Pascal does a great job, but I I think she has such a wide range of what she needs to do and does it so well. Uh, Just impeccable. Uh, That said, I think that's going to be it for this week's episode of the podcast of us. You can find this and all other shows at the Front Row Network on all podcast platforms. Search us up on Google to find us on Facebook, Twitter, and elsewhere. Uh, beyond that, the three of us are with Super GG Radio, a video game podcast about video
1: games and all things adjacent. Alex, where can people find us? Uh, we are at Super GG Radio on Twitter, uh, YouTube, youtube.com at uh, slash at uh, Super GG Radio, TikTok, Instagram, oh, Facebook. Oh, we're kind of everywhere. We're making YouTube videos. We're making hilarious TikToks about going out and touching grass. Uh, we are uh, we're enjoying ourselves over there at our video game podcast and Phil how about you
2: uh, I am at VMPhil Phil uh, on, on Twitter um, I write articles for Super GG Radio so you can find some of my stuff at superggradio.com and if you're so inclined pjovoiceacting.wordpress.com for some of my voice uh,
0: work samples very nice. Uh, you can find me at Super GG Radio. I am also a part of the After the Hype Network, where you can find several different great podcasts there. And since this is a Super GG Radio focused episode and they can't stop us, good game,
1: folks. GG, Joel. GG. Podcast of Us is a production of the Front Row Network, the entertainment division of NPR Illinois. Our theme song is "The Art of Silence" by Uniq. To find more from the Front Row Network, visit slash programs front row network